Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It is almost July. It is the last episode of June. Is this our yeah, it's our last episode before the fourth. So if you celebrate Independence Day, we wish you a happy Independence Day. I am a legal eighty six. I am joined as always by Nerd Bomber and Tactic, both of whom are beautiful and good people. And uh, we just recorded a secret segment, so we're already loosey goosey. Are, are the juices flowing over there, Nerd Bomber? They are, you know. I am getting my act together. We did our secret segment, and I feel like I was a little bit. My word of the day is a space cadet, because you know you have. We're recording this on a Monday, and every now and then you just have one of those Mondays where it's just like, hmm, where is my brain Mondays, going? Yeah, you, I think you. I think on the secret segment you said space case cadet, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> I don't know if you intended that, but I like the case being inserted in the middle of that. Tactic, are you a space case cadet? Or no, I'm more of a uh, crack cocaine user. I am wired wow. right now. No, he's not. He's a coffee <laughs> user. <laughs> I don't That's drink caffeine tactic. ever. And so when I have coffee, it shoots me up to the next level. I'm going to I'm gonna out you right now. Tactic had coffee, at, if my math is correct. You had coffee around 7 p.m.? That is, is that, correct. That's not right, man. Like, I, I always... This is an offshoot, but like... You know how, like... You know how you go home for Thanksgiving and you like eat a big turkey? And granted, that's kind of a special circumstance. But like there's certain dinners and occasions where like you'll have dessert and then people are like, you want coffee with dessert? It's like, no, it's it's well in those. Honestly, yes, especially the Thanksgiving. You want to have it because you you know that there's going to be lingering guests and you're not going to bed anytime soon. Why am I, mean, I having so bed. many guests over for Thanksgiving, though? My Thanksgivings are nice and quiet, and then I just go to sleep. Or maybe go out Black Friday shopping. As Vin Diesel once said, family. I've, That's about all I got. <laughs> I've been falling asleep. Like, I think the past couple Thanksgivings, I'm nodding off at the table. Like, I'm not even done eating. Like, the Illegal 86 family, we have a pretty strong tradition the on nest. Thanksgiving, which is we eat dinner. And then we basically crawl to the living room. All of us as a family. Uh, there's not enough couches and chairs for everybody. I have slept on the living room floor of our house. We always put on planes, trains, and automobile- automobiles, which is a fantastic movie. And all of us fall asleep. I, I, there might be coffee at some point, but I'm not awake for it. See, the, for, for us, the dessert and the booze come out and we play board games until the wee hours of the morning. That's fun, too. I'm just saying... Coffee and my go-to dinner. is coffee and whiskey because hits you on both ends. Hits you, hits you somewhere, that's for sure. I feel uh, like that just leaves you neutral. I never understood uh, Irish coffee. Isn't that what it's called? It's basically a yeah, poor local for is. classy people. I have never once felt either drunk or awake. So I, I'm, I'm with you on this one, Nerd Bomber. I think that it's they kind of counteract each other and leave you in the same spot, which is not... If you're drinking an Irish coffee, you want to be something. Right? You want something I mean, to happen. I'm eating I felt, it with sugary desserts. I felt the same way about a Four Loco and stuff, too. Like, not that I ever tried, like, remember the authentic, quote unquote, Four Locos that would, like, I never did the on? Four Loco. Yeah. I, I never did, like, the quote unquote true Four Loco, but I had, like, the after when they took out some of the caffeine or something like that. I had to make it, like, <laughs> FDA regulated yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah, all... I was getting the real stuff from my uh, sketchy deli back in the day. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> go on (laughs) but i it would just like i just remember the one time i had like the modified for loco i felt nothing and then i was asleep and that was it pretty good and i was just like oh okay not very not not a whole lot of loco in that for loco i guess anyways don't drink coffee after dinner that's that's what i the point i want to make it sounds like tactic wants to make a different point we're on different pages but we're going to try to get on the same page for our news today. We're going to be talking about The Green Knight, which I'm I'm very excited about. This is an A24 movie that is coming out, I believe, later this year. Just got a new trailer. We're going to be talking about Foundation, which is hitting Apple TV Plus in September. That was just announced. We got a new trailer for that. And we're also going to be talking about Windows 11 because some of us losers on the podcast run Windows. PC. It's not this. This it's episode, folks, me. is a big deal for... The people into sci-fi, as well as glass. Glass. A-I-E windows. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, that was bad. 
Not one of your best dad jokes, man. I couldn't think of a different name for a window other than glass. I don't know if it was bad, but I don't know if it was good either. We'll 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 circle back to that. Well, yeah, why don't we talk about Windows first? Because you you kind of loosened us up there with that with that dad joke. Now, I have not used a Windows computer for many years, unless I've absolutely had to. So I'm probably going to be taking a back seat in this discussion, given the wheel to Nerd Bomber or Technic. But I'll take you through some of the details. So I believe on June 25th is when this when this broke, or some, somewhere around that last week, sometime basically. The next version of Windows, Windows 11, of course will launch as a free upgrade this fall. Now, some of the high points, correct me if I miss anything, Nerd Bomber or Tactic, the main thing I heard, which is a big deal to a lot of people, the start menu, moving to the center of the taskbar. <laughs> you heard us right, folks. I actually That's really, really deal. hate that. I really do. It yeah. seems strange to me. It seems very strange. Well, you know, why don't we unpack that for a second? Because there's obviously bigger fish to fry. I was kind of joking. But why do this? Let's just let's start with that simple question. Why take the start menu, which, as far as I've known, it has always been in the bottom left corner. That's my it's that's the security blanket I sign up to put around myself when I sit down at a Windows computer is knowing that the start menu is going to be at the bottom left. This is a shift, and I don't understand the reason for it. Honestly, I think there is sort of a pleasurable symmetry to it and I, and I can see the design <laughs> i don't know why the word pleasurable just makes me feel like you, you know when you see something and it's very aesthetically pleasing and yes. and, and, and it, yeah. it brings you joy I, I can see that side of it where having full symmetry on your icons and things like that is just a, a more welcoming yeah. feel that it'll give its users so i can see it from that perspective i see it's weird to me because like Okay, we're home Windows users, but we also use Windows in like the corporate world. And when I see like the centered icons and stuff, that reminds me a lot of iOS or not iOS. Yeah, is it iOS? I don't know. Whatever the Mac. On a Mac? Yeah, whatever the Mac operating system is. Mac OS, I suppose. I don't know what it's currently called. It's like Catalina. It's always like Catalina or Sierra or something with an A on the end of it. I actually don't know what it is right now. I mean, Mac, the icons are kind of just arrayed around the bottom. Like I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's just, there's no taskbar. It's just a bunch of icons at the bottom. You click one if you want to use it. I symmetry, you know that 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 speaks to me. Tactic. I mean, I'm the kind of person that I've not yet purchased a house because I'm a millennial, first of all. But when I do, you can bet your bottom dollar that except for the garage, it's going to be symmetrical because that's just I just like symmetry. I'm a big symmetry guy. However, it seems like it's more likely to get in the way of what you're doing. If you, if you need to go to the start menu and pop something up, it's going to pop up right in the middle of your screen now. And I don't know. It doesn't seem great to me. But let's, let's move into some of the bigger details. First of all, this is, like I mentioned before, this is coming free this fall to anyone who currently has Windows 10, which is cool. They are putting a lot of their gusto, so to speak, behind Teams, which I've never used. I don't think I've ever once used Teams. But apparently it's being poised to take on uh, FaceTime. Basically... Apple announced this fall, Apple users can invite Android and Windows people into FaceTime calls. Microsoft wants their answer to be the Teams software. Teams is going to be available, or Teams is already available on Apple and Android devices. And they basically want Teams to be a big deal for them. So, I mean, do you, have you, you guys have used both, presumably, because I know at least one of you has an iPhone. Well, I know. So Teams for me, I'm more familiar with, again, in a corporate setting because Teams, they also poise to take on like the slacks of the world. They want it to be the answer for Microsoft Office for Slack. They want people to trust a Microsoft product more than Slack, which is, I mean, Slack was a startup and kind of took the world by storm a few years ago. And so like, I kind of get this because a lot of like Skype functionality they've built right into Teams. Teams has a lot of like the the Zoom call functionality too, where you have like the group calls, the fun backgrounds, all that kind of stuff. I think it's really interesting that they're building it in and it's not really an option to not have Teams on your computer because one of the things that my only complaint about software like Teams and Slack, and I've used them both for various different things, whether in school or you know, side projects when we used to run a website or like I said, in a corporate setting, um, they take a lot of background energy, like a lot of processing power. And it doesn't seem like it, but they're just kind of like lurking and sitting there. And if you're trying to run like graphically intensive things, it can get in the way sometimes. So it's interesting that they built it right in. And it's also interesting that 
they're trying to integrate it with you know, more phone seeming functionality because there's another feature that they introduced that we might get to, I, I'm thinking, um, where it, it seems a little bit more phone centric, where they're trying to turn, you know, your modern PC into more of like a tablet phone thing, which yeah. is okay, but they, they tried this before. Like, I, I remember... Windows 8. Yeah, Windows 8 was... With no. the like icon, yeah, with like the, the tiles, was more like the, the tiles, yeah. yeah. Like we we've gone down this road, so it's interesting to see because they basically with Windows 10, they didn't completely like deep six everything they learned from Windows 8, but they mostly went back to like standard Windows. So it seems like they're trying to like cross over again. What I hear from Windows people is like, okay, people liked XP, right? Aren't people just like do XP again? That's well, like, like what I feel like I mostly... Honestly, Windows 10... Like, I didn't have as many problems with Windows 8 as a lot of people did. And especially, like, I was using Windows 8 on Surfaces. And for the Surface, like, the tiles did make a lot of sense. It was designed for the Surface. Exactly. Yeah, it, like, it's a touchscreen tablet. You didn't always have a keyboard. Like, if you didn't invest in the, the type case or whatever, you didn't really have a keyboard. It was all a lot of basically just tablet work so having big app like tiles made a lot of sense trying to force that on your standard like desktop laptop experience was a little odd windows 10 is great though they're very actively trying to blur the line between software or between phones and computers right i mean that's that's it sounds like what you're saying and that's something tactic was saying that too or someone Mm -hmm. was saying it before but sorry you're saying about windows 10 i just think windows 10 is like I think the best of both wor- worlds, you still have tile functionality if you are on a tablet, but you can just have a regular Windows s- traditional experience if you're not. I like it. Don't well, mess with it. Right. It seems like they're not only trying to blur the line between computer and phone, but also between really full integration of all of their systems. They're, they want to make it play nice with phones. They want to make it play nice in the gaming world. Right. There seems right. to be this this overarching universe that they want to just bring together. There's number of graphical processing improvements that they're going to be looking to do with the way that they render graphics in the games. There's yeah. auto HDR is what I'm seeing. Auto HDR. There's various in-app selections that you can make to to procure games and things like that. But the main feature that I am like through the roof about, and you guys feel free to make fun of me, is the window snap. Oh, I'm right there with you. Is that what it sounds like it is? Yeah. I actually don't know. So you drag one window to one side of the screen, another window to the other side, and it snaps in place to to the desired size. And you can have pre-custom snaps for windows based on where you prefer to put them. And that's really exciting. However, I really enjoy the window snap when it comes to using shortcuts on your keyboard, hitting the window sign and hitting over and it clicks to the left or clicks to the right. When you have these predetermined areas i'm curious how they're going to flow that with the shortcuts if it'll be just as seamless or if like you're going to have to designate you know windows up goes in top left and windows right goes bottom right right things like that i the the thing that i saw that i thought was cool uh, i I, we talked about this was a certain company might have been the Fortnite thing it has to do with the the app store basically they're, Microsoft announced they're going to be allowing developers on the Microsoft Store for Windows 11 to keep all the money they make, as opposed to the industry standard practice of charging up to 30% commissions for app purchases. This is a smart move to me, right? In the sense that, you know, you're encouraging developers to come develop things for Windows. I don't know how, you know, desperately thirsty they are for developers, but obviously they'll make less money not getting this commission. But to me, that's a great way to you know invite people to come and make their software better to the point that i don't know why you know apple wouldn't do the same thing i guess because apple also likes money but i noticed that thought that was very cool well i thought it was interesting too that now they're also allowing android apps to be downloadable onto a pc as well i think it was Mm -hmm. it a collaboration between amazon android and then windows to be able to get basically any android phone app downloadable on windows which is pretty neat because there are i understand why not all developers want to be on the windows app space right now because one that and immediately comes to mind is instagram instagram app for pc is pretty terrible you can't really do a whole lot the functionality is a lot i guess i'll say it's neutered compared to what you can do on your phone 
And being able to just download the phone version and have it in a phone aspect ratio window that just pops up as if you have like a virtual phone on your computer is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I guess the question that I want to ask, bearing in mind, especially the shift they seem to be making to like, your computer can be a phone, etc. What's the terminus? Because my, my, whenever I see things like this, when I see new operating systems, I always wonder, especially if they're making big shifts like that, you know, are they, is this what they want to, is there ever a point where they're going to stop developing Windows? I guess that's my question. They're going to be like, we nailed it. It's perfect. Probably not. I mean, that's what they said with Windows 10. Yeah, they said okay, Windows 10 would be like the forever Windows. And honestly, that kind of leads me to maybe a summarization of my feelings on this whole thing is that a lot of the things that we're talking about in Windows 11, these quote unquote big features, they don't feel like big features. They feel like an update that could be rolled into regular Windows 10. Right. And you could like right. enable or disable them as you see fit and not have to worry about updating your computer and all of the wonkiness that can go into upgrading an operating system. Well, I don't pe- know. Like don't just like have change, forever right? Windows. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do what they planned. Keep forever windows. Keep updates. People don't like change. Like whenever Facebook changes, people are like, oh my God, Facebook changed and they have a miniature freak out, right? And Facebook should just stop changing. I think Windows, like I can understand incremental improvements, but that's what they are at this point. They're incremental. Moving the start menu to the middle is not incremental, but it's also not like, why would you do that? Why would you make a Windows 11 that that's like, I don't think it's a centerpiece of what they're doing, but like, why would you put out an update where that could be the centerpiece of what you're doing? That, that, that winds up being the thing people focus on because the other changes are so minimal. It just, it has me asking myself questions like that. But I'm also not a Windows user. So there may be Windows users out there that think this is the best thing since sliced bread. They were hoping that Windows 10 was not going to be the forever Windows, I suppose. I just say you should have stuck with XP. You know, that, that the green hills with the blue sky? That was the bomb. Stick with that. But uh, if you're a Windows person, hit us up at online warriors one at ow tactic at ow the lady six at ow nerd bomber and even if you're not a windows person it's like if you're like me if you're a mac person tell us why mac rules and you know windows rules or yeah i don't know whatever choice phrases you'd like to use but let's keep it pg come on this is a family show so yeah windows 11 coming out this fall also coming out this fall let's talk about foundation because I, what I said to Nerd Bomber and Tactic before we started recording the show was I had been sleeping on this. I think we were, I think we talked about Foundation very briefly on another episode, if my memory serves me. But the trailer we saw was brief and vague. And this this had the earmarks of like a still in development show that was going to, it might be a ways off, essentially. It is not a ways off. It's coming out September 24th based on work the work of isaac asimov i hope i'm pronouncing that right i've never actually said it out loud before either one book or a series of books i'm actually not sure there's a total of six books there's a total of six books thank you good good fact check this looks particularly cool there is an empire for the star wars fans out there there appears to be this kind of like so first of all pause and go watch the trailer if you haven't yet because we're going to start talking about it but uh i'm a big jared harris fan he appears to be some kind of some kind of radical trying to upset the established order and the established order consists of some kind of genetic continuum where like this guy is being reborn repeatedly is that that's the read that i got this guy was watching himself as a baby in a little tank the right really creepy the rightful bloodline right looks like there's a lot of great action a lot of you know there's like an event horizon at one point there's a lot of very sci-fi stuff base battles the whole nine yards if you're a sci-fi fan it looks like this has something for you. So I guess my maybe too bombastic question to start is, you know, does this possess the scale, the potential scale to be the kind of sci-fi Game of Thrones that Westworld tried to be? And I would say didn't really succeed in being, you know, that's a gap in television. Where's the sci-fi Game of Thrones? Where's the sci-fi show that achieves the same mainstream impact? Is this it? So... As far as the expansiveness of the world, as I, as I had mentioned, there, there's six books worth of world building that, it, that currently exists that they can pull from. So as far as the amount of content that they have to equate to Game of Thrones, it's there. It's absolutely there. And Isaac Asimov is the sci-fi guy to pull from. So I think it's yeah, got... Basically him or, sure. or Arthur Clarke, right? Because Arthur Clarke was the other guy that's like, there was a show on Amazon electric dreams or something like that we, uh, hayes and i tried an episode once it was not very good but to the same vein we've seen epic sci-fi 
worlds that are taken from books and just totally done poorly. Um, I hate to say it, but Aragon is a, is a great example of this. I think that that world had a lot of potential. I think it was executed poorly. So this particular trailer looked absolutely captivating for me, and I'm very excited for it, and I, and I think it will do well. And I am 100% going to have, as you say, my ass in the seats or couch. Asses will be in the seats for this one. So we are all, all, all of us here are Apple TV Plus subscribers currently, as far as I'm aware. I'm actually going to be talking about Apple TV Plus a little bit later in the show. I am on a trial subscription. So what that, I got an iPhone 12 last year. So what that means is that I am until like November, I'm in their clutches, but I haven't yet decided you know, what, 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 what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, we watched defending Jacob on Apple TV plus, which was phenomenal. We're watching another show now, which I will talk about later. They, they, they haven't really grabbed me too much yet. Otherwise, see, I will this is say, their chance. I think this could be successful. You haven't watched Ted Lasso. Have you illegal? We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. So one of the things when Ted Lasso yeah. originally came out, I was like, this is a really good show. And it's a shame that it's on Apple TV plus because I didn't really grasp how big of an audience Apple TV plus could get. And then when it started getting a little bit more media traction for being as good as it is, because it is very, very good, deservedly so. And I'm, I feel like you'll probably say the same later, I hope. It, it kind of, I feel like, took social media a little bit by storm. And I think I started to realize just how many people have Apple TV Plus access, whether they're paying into it or they're on some sort of extended trial run. And I think like that if they can knock it out of the park with this first season, paired with all of their other properties and shows that they have, and I'll be talking about another Apple TV Plus show later in this episode as well. I think that Apple TV Plus is like slowly but surely starting to become a fountain of really good shows or I guess an endless well of good content. They, yeah, they they need to and I don't know that they have established a foothold yet and they need to. I would say they're probably running out of time. I'm not a streaming expert, but it's hard to compete with the likes of Netflix and Hulu and all of them, but uh, yeah yeah so uh, we can just talk about this now we can front load we can talk about ted lasso now because yeah that is the show i started watching well i should say started watching and watched in two days so that should tell you it's only 10 episodes season two comes out in july but like that should tell you how good the show is i've never watched i did not get on the Shit's creek bus i missed that one my understanding wait you didn't watch Shit's creek didn't watch any Shit's creek wow let's what, not let's let's not do this now how are we friends but in terms of the overwhelming wholesomeness level, Ted Lasso seems like the shit's Creek that people should have seen that they have not yet seen. Like it's just so overwhelmingly wholesome all the time, which makes it a fantastic and easy watch, especially when you're stressed out. By the way, Ted Lasso is amazing. that's what it's like living with me. What is? I'm overwhelmingly wholesome. You're overwhelmingly wholesome all the time. Do you talk in a Southern accent and make a lot of, cause he makes a lot of dad jokes on the show. I've got some work to do as far as the uh, Southern feel, mustache. but sure. The stash, yes. <laughs> mustache is good too. It's a fantastic show. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I have other things to talk about. I'll leave that out of my update for later. But yeah, that is the show I've been watching and I finished watching. It's absolutely fabulous. I would recommend it to anyone, even if you're not like a soccer fan or a football fan for those across the pond. It really doesn't matter. And in fact, I would imagine people who are big fans of football are probably annoyed by the football parts because... They're probably not very authentic. That's <laughs> not what the show is really about. It's like barely about that. So don't worry about that part. Big fan. But back to getting back to Foundation. What I would like to see from this is a heck of a lot of Jared Harris. People are sleeping on Jared Harris, I think. Jared Harris was in Chernobyl, which I love. Did you guys watch Chernobyl? No, we never got around to it. Not a not an upper. Obviously. That's kind of why we never Chernobyl. got around to it, to be totally yeah. honest. But he's phenomenal in it. He's also great in the Sherlock Holmes movies, the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies. If you haven't seen those, there he's really good in that too. Lee Pace is also in this, and he is also a very underrated actor. I don't know if you ever watched Halt and Catch Fire. That was an AMC show that was, in my opinion, a must-watch. Like a very incredible show that kind of flew under the radar a little bit, in my opinion. And he was one of the leads in that show. And so I'm also very excited for Lee Pace and just what he can bring with his acting chops to the foundation as well i mean it seems like they've got a great cast here honestly they also have 
what I think, you know, so David S. Goyer, for those that don't know that name, this that's the showrunner for Foundation, executive producer is David S. Goyer. Uh, they show in the trailer, probably best known for Man of Steel, which was not very good, but also known for Batman Begins, which is probably my favorite Batman movie, which is like maybe a hot take considering The Dark Knight is also a Batman movie. But I think Batman Begins is my favorite. If he can bring Batman Begins energy to this, it's it's going to sell me. So, and presumably that's what, that's, you know, that's what he signed up for. That's what Apple signed up for is that kind of energy. So I'm hoping they can bring that. The one thing that I am kind of concerned about is that, and this is a a trap that a lot of sci-fi properties kind of fall into, especially when they're based off of expansive worlds in books, is that if it's not adapted well to the screen, it could get confusing to the casual watcher very, very quickly and lose its audience. Like if they don't do a good job setting up and explaining this world and they make it a little bit too heady and mysterious, I feel like people will just check out if it's too complicated. And I feel like a well, lot of sci-fi properties have this issue. I'm not worried about that. And I'll tell, I'll give you two reasons why. One, Game of Thrones, which again, to me, I keep mentioning as kind of the gold standard for, for sci-fi fantasy television. They, did, they didn't explain a lot of things. They made you figure things out for yourself a lot of the time, and it worked for them. I think it can work for Foundation. But more importantly, point two, if you watch this trailer, it is very expository. It's like very... They're not mincing words. They're being very clear. We're an empire, and we're, a, you know, a, what was the word? Sacred bloodline or something. We've been ruling the galaxy for however long. I My sense was they're going to spell things out for you pretty clearly. But... TBD, I, I, I guess, overall, especially in terms of like the technology that's being used, how much they're going to get into that, we don't really know yet. But it sounds like we're all on board. <laughs> I I can say that for sure. Tactic, yes, on board. On Not board. on board. On board. So head out to space with us. Start. Let's start a foundation. I don't know if it's actually taking place predominantly in space or predominantly on Earth or some other planet, but start a foundation with us. And watch this, because if this does well, maybe there's room for other space operas like a Mass Effect TV adaptation. I don't know. Who would want that? I don't know. Everybody. (laughs) Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. So, yeah, we'll be on the lookout for that. Like I said, September 24th is when that one's going to drop. So we will be on the lookout and we will probably update as it comes out. And at least one of us watches it, (laughs) which is only in a couple months time. It's pretty close. So right now we are going to head to our break to shout out one of our sponsors. But before we do... We must also shout out our fantastic Patreon producers, Mr. Ben Checkness, Mr. Stephen Keller. Take a bow once again. Ben and Stephen support us at the night level on Patreon, which is the highest of our three Patreon tiers. As a result, they get access to the monthly secret segment and the monthly vlog and also input into the weekly game segment and this producer shout out as well as the occasional guest spot. They are awesome. You should be awesome. But if you're not quite as awesome, you can also be a squire, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there's also a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. I had the vlog this month. I talked a little more about Dead Space. We just laid down a secret segment before recording this episode where we talk about some of the Britney Spears drama. So if you want more of that content, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. Thanks again to Stephen and Ben. We will take a short break now. And we'll be back to talk about the Green Knight. The Green Knight. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Azoth. Azoth is a Boston-based, women-owned supplement company that makes premium quality supplements for women with the mission to help people reach their highest potential without the harmful side effects of over-the-counter medications. Their newest supplement, Boss Flow, is a PMS gummy that helps every woman be a boss, no matter what day of the month it is. These little gummies are packed full with a delicious blast of strawberry flavor, powerful vitamins, and nutrients. They help soothe menstrual cramps, stop bloating, and balance out hormonal mood swings and even acne symptoms that are often caused by periods. Trust us, we've heard these really work. Bosslow is exclusively offering our listeners 10% off your next purchase by going to Amazon.com, searching for Bossflow Gummies, and using the code Bossflow. That's code capital B-O-S-S capital F-L-O-W to get 10% off your purchase at checkout. You need to have an Amazon or Amazon Prime account to get these delicious gummies, though. Order Bossflow, supplements for boss women on the go. Okay, the Green Knight. 
Now, I did kind of fumble slash forget about the topic before the ad break, but I was actually very excited to talk about this. This was a topic I specifically chose. This is an A24 movie. A24 kind of had a bit of a role lately with movies like Midsummer Hereditary, kind of in the spooky genre. They do interesting stuff. And The Green Knight appears to be one of those interesting things. Dev Patel will be playing Sir Gawain. I'm not familiar with the legend of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, but the latest trailer kind of walks you through kind of the mythos of this whole thing. And it does so using a narrator that has, I don't know, one of the most badass voices I've ever heard. So if you're into that sort of thing, you can head over and watch this trailer. This is one of the cooler trailers I've seen recently. And it's it it's hard to even call it a trailer necessarily because it's so long and explains so much. But the interesting thing is that I saw the first trailer for The Green Knight and I thought, oh, cool. This looks like a very interesting, a little bit of a dark fantasy kind of thing off the beaten track kind of a an original story well it's, it is that in the sense that this sir gawain and the green knight apparently there's only one copy in existence which i did not know about one of the oldest stories ever features characters such as king arthur lady guinevere merlin you know you know those folks so it's it's not so much off the beaten track but it looks like it's taking an off the beaten track approach like i said very dark it looks awesome i'm very very into this i think we really really need in the same way we were talking about with Foundation needing a good sci-fi TV show, I think we really need, you know, a really great fantasy, not even a series, a really good fantasy movie that we can, you know, have take the place of such bygone hits as the Lord of the Rings movies. And I think this could be that. I think Dev Patel can do it. I actually have never seen Dev Patel in anything, but I know he got chops. He, he was in Lion a little while ago. He was, of course, made famous by Slumdog Millionaire. So I don't know. What do you guys think of this one? I think this could be a big one. I think this looks really good. I'm I'm always excited to to learn about a new story or myth or whatever you want to call it. And I love the fact that they pointed out to various other movies that were inspired by this tale because these are all things right. that I had no idea about. I mean, heck, we saw Monty Python even pointed out in this and that's awesome. Right. So, tis very but a excited scratch. about this one. Yeah, tis but a flesh wound. Yeah. You know, it is one of those things where I did know about Sir Gawain and the Green Knight for really one reason, which is J.R.R. Tolkien has talked about it. And the trailer talks about the fact that he's talked about it. And again, to kind of tie, tie back to Lord of the Rings a little bit, like if J.R.R. Tolkien was into it, I'm also into it. Like it's, it's kind of as simple as that for me. But I also love the way the Green Knight looks. Totally badass. Apparently he gets his head cut off at one point and just like picks it up and starts talking with it, which is pretty cool. This is mine. Yeah. So I don't know. I am very into this. I'm interested to see what the quest is like. Interesting, but I'm also I think I said this about the foundation too. I'm worried about it getting lost in complication and exposition. Because I feel like it could be. There's a lot of different character webs that they explained in this trailer. And again, I feel like it's something that they have to approach very consciously, making sure that it's not too complicated, too just over the top for people to just sit down and enjoy. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, another one of my fears with A24, you know, a lot of the movies I just mentioned, there's definitely a chance because other movies, I just looked it up. The White House is another A24 movie that was recent. Uh, Uncut Gems. If you haven't haven't watched Uncut Gems, by the way, just imagine having a panic attack for two hours. That's basically what it is. Moonlight, Lady Bird, they've made a lot of hits. But in particular with regards to Midsummer and Hereditary, and I think The Lighthouse, though I haven't seen it, A24 has a way of getting too weird with it. Midsummer, did you guys watch Midsummer? We did. Too weird. I had, I had mixed feelings. I don't know how yeah. I felt about it. Like Too weird for me. In a way, I didn't hate it, but it also was super weird. And it, like, there were some scenes that they could have cut out that I think wouldn't have negatively impacted the movie and probably would have made a smoother watching experience for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I the think concept was good, but like, execution yeah. was a little wonky. Hereditary, I thought, towed the line very well in terms of the end was very. Did you watch Hereditary? I don't want to spoil anything. No, that one seemed too scary. It's. It, it at the end gets weird in a similar way to Midsummer, but it doesn't get as weird. And as a result, it kind of like kept me there. Midsummer, that part in Midsummer where they're all just like all the ladies are like wailing to each other as a team. Yeah, that, that was that, that was that was I clocked out. That was when I clocked. I was like, it's too weird for me. I clocked out way before that scene. <laughs> Honestly, Midsummer I think was fine until you got to like the 
back third of it and then it just like yeah. doubled down on weirdness and you're like is this even the same movie try this drink yeah it's pretty good it starts as like this okay they go to this like swedish festival thing and then there's like a creepy kind of cult thing going on they're like Ugh. and then like people start dying and you're like okay i know what's going on and then they're like no it's it's way weirder than that and here's how and also there's gonna be a bunch of women kind of wailing to each other on a on the floor of like a barn it's it's i don't want i'm worried about the green knight the one thing i'm worried about is i don't think they would do that here because it's like a classic tale that they can probably only mangle so much but like i don't want them getting that weird with it i can tell from the trailer they're going to get a little weird with it in the way that a24 you know does but don't get that i I don't get that weird with it that's kind of my plea to them i guess but i'm into it i'm also into the guy who plays king arthur for the life of me cannot think of his name but he was in mission impossible 7 which is a fantastic movie one of the better mission impossible the best mission impossible movie actually no mission impossible 6 what's fallout whatever one fallout is he plays the bad guy in fallout and the one before fallout which i think was rogue nation fantastic actor has the creepiest wheeliest voice in the world you hear him talking in this trailer it sounds like he's whispering all the time it's fantastic he looks terrible which i think is a great thing if you're gonna make a middle ages movie I think everybody should look just awful. That's uh, Game of Thrones dropped the ball on that. I think everyone should look awful. Like the Middle Ages, like what were they even in terms of like hygiene and like just general wellness? Yeah, they're on the cusp of the Dark Ages. I mean, they're 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 talking about you know the whole trailer is about honor, which is like yeah, it's important. Don't get me wrong, but like also you gotta like you know eat right and like stay clean and all that. And the Middle Ages weren't really about that. Royalty was fat, so that was a sign of, of royalty. So they they were eating right. They were eating just fine. King Arthur, though, he dude looks sickly. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe he's like on his way out, and he like needs a successor or something. I don't know the story. Well, he's but... looking to be to have honor and 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 to kind of work his way up. It appears right. Lots of stuff about honor. I, I'm 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 very into that. I'm just I'm very into the idea of an, a great night movie that you know if someone goes on a quest everyone loves and I, I i shouldn't say i don't love this movie myself everybody loves the princess bride and i'm not saying this is going to be the princess bride by any stretch of the imagination it's not going to be nearly as funny or funny at all but i think people like the princess bride a lot because of the story that it tells it should be as simple as a knight goes on a quest for honor and for whatever in the case of princess chivalry bride, a woman yeah chivalry yeah and the, the trailer makes a point of that too for a green knight they could say chivalry is not dead i like in today's day and age i like the message of that and i like the fact that they're kind of putting that at the forefront of their marketing i hope they follow through on it because i think having a good old-fashioned a knight's tale i i don't mean the heath ledger movie which i've never seen but like i want a good old-fashioned knight movie and i think this could be that so we'll find out i guess the green knight when does this drop 2021 i can see that but july 30th very soon basically about a month from now. Sean Harris is the actor who plays King Arthur. That's who I was trying to think of. Alicia Vikander, also in this. Aaron Kellyman, who you may know from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is in this. Dead Patel, I already mentioned, and others. Also, the trailer was narrated by the Green Knight himself. I, I'm just finding that out. Ralph Innocent, I guess is his name. So yeah, go check out that trailer and maybe check out the movie if this is your cup of tea. This is one that I think they said is only going to be in theaters. So I'm going to have to do some soul searching about whether I'm willing to go to a movie theater. I have to wait until this comes out on demand or on DVD or whatever. I shouldn't say DVD. I haven't bought a DVD in many years, but we'll be on the lookout for that July 30th. So that brings us into the what are you up to segment of the show. And since I already kind of started, I'm just going to go ahead and and, and keep going. And I actually I'm going to talk about another show that I've started and a movie. Because Ted Lasso, as I mentioned, was 10 episodes. Goes by real fast. So we need something else. So good, though. So great. And we needed something light. And we also needed something that, well, I shouldn't say we, we didn't need something that wasn't wholesome, but call it a palate cleanser, I guess. And we chose maybe the least wholesome show in the history of shows. I have been hearing for many, many years now, over 10 years because of how long the show has been running, about Always Sunny. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I finally started watching that. I've seen so many... This is a situation... I've seen so many little six-second clips online that made me laugh. And I finally saw one that I decided, I'm going. this is so funny, I'm going to have to watch this show. I think Charlie Day is a genius of physical comedy. And so far, in the three episodes of Always Sunny I've watched, he is proving that through and through. That should keep me for a while. Longest-running sitcom in American history. I don't know if you knew that, but and they just got renewed. Going, right? Yeah, they just got renewed for up to season 18 they're currently in season 15 or something so 
that'll keep me busy for a while yeah super not wholesome though put the kids to bed for that one they're all terrible people that's kind of the point of the show at least that's what it seems like to me but it's really entertaining movie wise total change of tack (laughs) hayes and i this past weekend sat down and watched portrait of a lady on fire have you heard of this movie oh yeah how is that did you watch it no like we thought about it and then I, I don't know if that would be a movie that Technic would really appreciate. Not saying that it's not like that he wouldn't be into that type of movie, but like I can just kind of tell he probably wouldn't enjoy that. It is. Hayes didn't. It feels like it. it's being implied that I'm uncultured. No, not at all. It's it's not about that. It's, I, and I want to push back against that, too, because that's what the movie wants you to feel like. And I, I, I dislike that. Like, I, I think there's a reason that people kind of scoff at art house movies. And it's because they, movies like The Portrait of, this movie, Hayes did not like it at all. I wouldn't say I didn't like it at all, but I didn't care for it. And here's why. It was like, it was visually beautiful. It was a really fast car with no narrative engine in it at all. Like, the script was probably like 50 pages long, which if you don't know anything about scripts, that's super short. There were, there's a whole lot of like, wongingly looking at each other and not saying anything. See, and that's, that's really more so... That's more so why I didn't think that Tactic would like it. Not so much because it's not like he's not cultured enough, but because we we've watched slow kind of plotting movies like that before and I just know like I barely have the patience for movies like that and I know he definitely does not. Yeah. So art house movies like Portrait of Lady on Fire pride themselves on being above all else inscrutable to the common man. And I'm not I'm not trying to call myself the common man. I'm not trying to call Tactic the common man. I'm just saying if you're a regular, if you think yourself to be an average person, art house movies are trying to make themselves seem like they are not for you, and that just bugs the crap out of me. And like Portrait of a Lady on Fire is a perfect example where they had a, a decently compelling story, and they had a lot of great visual talent and good acting talent, and they thought let's waste all of that on being inscrutable. And I've watched many other movies like that, and they annoy me in that way every single time. So, I, you know, I can't sit here and recommend that you go watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire. <laughs> did it win awards? I feel like it won awards, it, too. It definitely did. It almost won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, but I think Parasite won instead because it came out in 2019, the same year as Parasite. So I think it was up for a lot of awards that Parasite ultimately won or it won. And like, you know, it's it, art house movies. It's always these situations. Art house movies are such that I watched the movie and I get why it was lauded by like film snobs and film critics. I get it. But it's just, there's that kind of like, there's that veil that they don't want you to pierce of like, Ooh, we're very, we're very moody and abstract and you don't understand it. And that's because you're not supposed to loser. And I I just, I I always feel that way when I watch those movies and it's not a pleasant feeling. So I'm working through that, but yeah, portrait of lady on fire, you know, it's, if you're into that kind of thing, you'll probably love it. It's all in French. So if your subtitles are your bag, then then go for it. It's on Hulu, yeah. right? Or Amazon? It's on one of it's those. On Hu- it's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah. So you can watch it for free. Uh, another thing I will add, those that know me or have listened to the show for very long at all know that I'm a huge movie score guy. This movie has no score. And it was a very purposeful choice because I was reading about it after so the director was like, something about the music is in the movement of the, the, the. It's just a bunch of art house crap. <laughs> but it annoyed the crap out of me because a movie without a score just feels like kind of weird and there is no score no music throughout the entire thing so take from that what you will i'll stop ranting now and i'll turn it over to nerd bomber all right so i mentioned before that i watched mythic quest the second season has been coming out week by week and the season finale actually released i believe it was on friday so we finally we binged through the entire second season and man what a show. Like there have been a lot of articles. I feel like we loved the first season when it originally came out. It's a Rob McElhaney and I think Charlie Day even is one of the executive producers on the show. Like that that whole crew is behind a lot of the decisions in the show. And you can tell like it's got very solid sense of humor. It's a workplace comedy about a game development studio and Honestly, man, this show is just perfect. It's gotten a lot of hype finally and attention in the second season. And there's just so much to love about the show. There's a ton of, there's a couple episodes where they almost seem like they don't tie in. You know, they're like kind of like a historical set pieces where it's basically a, what is the term that I'm looking for? I want to say a bubble episode, but that's not what 
That's not what I'm... Bluff? No, it's not a fluff episode either. But it's basically an episode... Bottle episode. Thank you, yes. It's a bottle episode that doesn't seem like it necessarily relates to anything else going on in the show. But then they tie it in in such a very skillful way where basically everything in the show kind of ties together and there's call-ins to other moments that happen throughout other episodes all throughout the show. Everything is connected. Everything is super well-written. The characters are very, very well-written. And one of my favorite parts about the show is watching the relationships between the characters and Mythic Quest develop. And I would say one of the, probably the prime relationship that you follow throughout the show is the relationship between creative director, played by Rob McElhaney, um, his name is Ian, and his basically lead coder, who he, in the second season, brings onto more of an equal playing field with him, Poppy, and how they kind of work together and they push and pull and eventually work together to basically birth this wonderful game experience and the type of creative differences that they have. And it's just their how their relationship and friendship develops as long as they're alongside their working relationship. It's just sort of a yin and yang. Yeah. Just a very, very good show. I feel like I'm not doing it enough justice. I'm kind of rambling, but it's it's a must-see, in my opinion. I definitely think if you like workplace comedies or you like shows that have a little bit more personal depth, then Mythic Quest is definitely a show to check out. The only thing that made me a little sad was that it's unclear whether the show will continue and where they left it. I don't want to give any spoilers, but where they kind of left the season finale, it could easily have been a series finale. And we don't know if it got renewed or not yet. And it's now one of my favorite shows. So I'm like, if this is just a two season little short show, I'm going to be so sad. And then I'm going to end up rewatching it a ton as I do with my favorite shows. So definitely recommend you check that out now that the two seasons are fully available on Apple TV+. And then the other thing that we did was we watched a movie. This is a Netflix original that also just released Good on Paper. And I'm going to butcher uh, her Eli- name. Yeah, Eliza. Yeah. I have a hard time with it too. Eliza Schlesinger? Yes. And this is actually, I found it to be pretty funny. And also, also kind of scary. Yeah, very scary because the premise of this entire movie is essentially not so much that she's catfished, but she meets a guy on a plane. And they, de- good. they develop this entire friendship and relationship and nothing about him is real. And the scary part is that it's based on a true story. Like, for the most part, I think she came out and said in interviews, like, some of the characters and some of the, like, funny anecdotes she tweaked a little bit. But for the most part, the general underlying story actually happened to her. And it's kind of terrifying. But also... Spoiler spoiler alert, too, I guess, right? He's not real. He wound up not being real. I think they tell you that, though, in all of the trailers. Like, they're very upfront about the fact that, like, this is... This is a true story, and like you know, she on paper, right? But not that, not otherwise. And I mean, it was also really funny because she's a funny comedian, and there's a lot of like funny looks on life and relationships and careers and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's one of those movies, almost like Promising Young Woman, where very comedic, but also like kind of kind of unsettling. Yeah, for sure. Definitely would watch it, though, like in terms of, you know, how I I always talk about the Netflix effect and how that kind of skews my perception of movies. I would say this was above average for a Netflix movie. I don't know, Tectic, did you feel that that way? It left me shook, which is usually something a Netflix film doesn't do to me. Usually it's like, oh, well, that happened. Okay, this we found ourselves, you know, watching her stand up act where she talks about. Uh, they called him Lying Brian was his real life name. Well, his real life name was Brian, but Lying Brian was the whole skit behind it. And we're just like, this can't be real. Holy holy cow, it's real. And it's just not many, like I said, not many Netflix shows do that to me. And, and so, yeah, I'll say it was pretty gosh darn good considering. Better or worse than Project Power? I'm trying to find a point of reference And then in terms of the Netflix effect. I thought it was better than Project Power because... Project Power wasn't supposed to make me feel anything. It was just supposed to be like explosion. A diversion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. Very different type of movie, but I would also say this is better. I'm trying to think of something that this would be comparable to. 
in terms of Netflix. I don't really know. It, it like it gives you rom com feels in a way, but then it's just like psych. Like I said, the best comparison is definitely like almost promising young woman, just maybe not as extreme. Well, right. definitely not as extreme. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I, from what I understand, it can't be that extreme, but duly noted nonetheless. Very cool. Tech Tech, that brings us to you. Round us out here. So speaking of finishing off shows, we finished Kim's Convenience. And if you haven't started watching that yet, we highly recommend it. It is a Netflix show. Well, it was another one of those like Schitt's Creek Canadian shows brought to the States and other countries by Netflix. It ended a little abrupt for my liking, but all in all, great show. You end up having a favorite character being being the mom, just saying she's awesome and hilarious. (laughs) But yeah, great show. The other thing that I wanted to say is we do more than just sit on our couch and watch TV and play video games. We also go outside sometimes. And so we went fishing. A little lake fishing was, was I saw this. Was yeah. a good time. And uh, get out there, guys, and get your poles in the water. Do you catch any catch anything? A uh, little tiny bait fish and things like that. Nothing to ride home about. But it was really just to have a good time with the nephew and, and get, get out there on a nice day. Have you ever caught a fish? And not throwing it back. Uh, when you, I you where, where I grew up, yeah, I grew up yeah. near saltwater, and so okay, all sorts yeah. of things was I mean, right up right up the road. All sorts of things I could catch and bring home and eat. Yeah, I've never a little bit more of a drive, so we stick to the lakes. I have never caught a fish and not. Th- I've never I've never taken a fish off a hook. I let other people do the hook stuff for me. I just try and catch stuff. You're not a hooker. My, uh, no, my fiance she we go fishing now and again and she's she would she grew up fishing i really didn't so when i have to like bait a hook i just kind of like stare at her and like hold the hook in one hand and the worm in the other hand and kind of just like wait for her to do it it usually works so i like fishing though fishing's fun good tip good psa get out there and fish y'all you know if you're and if plus like if you're like in the wilderness it might help you stay alive so that's always good Speaking of staying alive... Uh, By the okay, way, it's funny that you wait, say that. Oh, yeah. Because in our relationship, I'm the hooker and baiter. Okay, yeah. Nerd Bomber, it's good to not have to do that stuff, right? Yeah, worms are it's gross. Like, it's like way better just not, yeah, to just not touch yeah. the worms. Uh, but let's let's get to the quiz because this is, you know, speaking of life and death, uh, this one's a little morbid this week, i got to be honest. I tried to, sp- I tried to make it fun towards the end a little bit, but... Uh, the topic that was selected by our producers this week, heat waves. Uh, this is, of course, a big deal in the news right now. There's currently a heat wave going on in the Pacific Northwest that I know of that's like causing pavement to buckle. It's like a whole thing. People in Pacific Northwest don't have air conditioners. It's a whole thing. So it, it's it's in the news. There's heat waves going on I think in California. I mean, name a place, basically. It's probably hot outside my you know house right now. We're going to dive into a couple of questions. These are all, of course, numbers-based. So we're looking for Price is Right style answers. A lot of them are going to be morbid. Just throwing that out there. But let's let's start not morbid. The highest ever recorded temperature on Earth was actually recorded in July of 1913 at Death Valley. In particular, on Furnace Ranch, which is a great name for a ranch. What was said temperature in Fahrenheit, please? And uh, we'll start with Nerd Bomber. Tactic, as we have learned, needs help. I'm going to go with 165. I feel like anything higher than that I don't know, would break the thermometer. I'm not really sure. It feels like it's scooched too high. I'm going to go 130. Tactic, this could be your day. You almost nailed it. 134.1 degrees Fahrenheit. My skin would be melting off at 165. I mean, that's that's like more than halfway to boiling. That seems that seems bad. I guess 134 is also more than halfway to boiling, but you get my point. Tactic's on the board. One question out of five and a tiebreaker down. So let's, let's soldier on here. In 1995, there was famously a heat wave in Chicago. Over the course of five days, how many people died? <laughs> oh. This is not well. the only death question, and I'll get to why in a minute. But uh, how many people died over the course of five days in Chicago in 1995 during a famous heat wave? 17. I'm going to say 30. Okay, well, are you sitting down? 739. Holy <laughs> Nerd crap. Bomber. Nerd takes the point. People didn't have air conditioners, and for various other reasons... It was hot, particularly deadly. What's what? What's you know? What's actually keep this going? And I'll I'll hit you. I'll kind of color that question with a fact that leads into the next question. In the United States, the loss of human life. This is from Wikipedia, by the way. The loss of human life in hot spells in the summer exceeds that caused by all other weather events combined, including lightning, rain, floods, hurricanes, and tornadoes. Mm-hmm. So, it's a fun fact for you. How many average fatalities are there a year in the United States due to heat waves? I'm gonna say two thousand. And five. 
Tactic is doing some math over here. I can. I think I can so actually if hear it, the if it tapping on the calculator. Seven hundred in five days. We'll call that a week. And summer's half the year. I'm going to say like seven hundred times twenty six. I'm going to put. That's going to give me eighteen thousand. But I'm going to shy it back since she gets so low. I'm going to say ten thousand. Okay, so. 739 over the course of five days was considered a famously bad heat wave. I scared you with the last question apparently too much. 400 a year. <laughs> Guys, things aren't that oh, bad. Oh, okay. Things aren't I that bad. I was trying to Don't think. Worry. I was like, oh man, like that would be a lot of people. Yeah, but that was famously bad over only five days. You said a year. So There's probably two heat waves a year or so. I saw that that's not a question that data flashed by me at one point and in fact let's talk about that a little bit more for our next question we're tied up at one to one we have two questions to go so it's anyone's game right now the world meteorological organization which is apparently an organization defines a heat wave as five or more consecutive days of prolonged heat in which the daily maximum temperature is higher than the average maximum temperature by at least how many degrees and i'm going to look for a fahrenheit answer here again because we're in america and i believe now it is tactic to start can you can you repeat that question what what yeah a heat wave is defined as five or more consecutive days of prolonged heat in which the daily maximum temperature is higher than the average maximum temperature by at least a certain number of degrees how many degrees in fahrenheit i'm going to say since we have at least two heat waves a year it's not going to be this like drastic difference so i'm going to say four degrees i don't want to do it so um, I'm not going to one up you. You've had a bad losing streak. I'm going to two up you. No, I'll do 10. I'll give you a little bit more of a window. Absolutely brutal. Nine degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> so or five degrees Celsius. So tactic takes the point. Nerd Bomber, you were too nice. Yes, he's had a losing streak, but come on. Don't be that merciful. That means we're headed into the last question. I'm actually, you know, I have faith in tactic. I'm going to move my bonus question. I mean, this is what happens, question. right? I, I, we tie it up and then I lose in the, in the bonus. I'm going to move my bonus question to the fun question because I think, I think tactic's going to take this one and I don't want to, my other question's kind of boring and it's also about like death and danger again. How many top 40 singles did the band 98 degrees have? Oh boy. I'm trying to think. I know this. I think they had eight. Are they still a thing? I think Nick Lachey is doing no. all this stuff now. It feels like a really good guess. And I don't know whether to lowball it or highball it. I'm going to say 12. It is exactly 8. <laughs> so we have oh, a tie. Oh, yeah. Boy band knowledge coming in handy. I am going to... I'm going to reject the other question I have written down because it's boring and stupid. I'm going to look up another question, kind of like the 98 degrees question. Give me, well, give me folks, one second. this is where it all ends. <laughs> Give me one second. I have an idea. Okay, yes. Here we go. Uh, what number is Tectic thinking of right now? Okay, we all know the Jonas Brothers. You know, the Jonas Brothers. Uh, their lead I single uh, from their third I studio heart. album was called Burning Up. They were uh, slipping into the lava. Something, something under. You remember that? You remember the song? Uh, hey, it's about trying to keep from going under. God. Whatever it may, it may be. Where, where did Burning Up peak on the Billboard Hot 100? This is a text in answer. We're tied up. It's a tiebreaker question. What do you mean you where? Know, where did what number where did it peak? What number did it peak on the where Billboard did, Hot 100? Okay. It's also another. It's a heat wave question because the Billboard Hot 100 and Burning Up. It's a double hot. <laughs> okay, we have our answers. <laughs> you can probably guess why I'm laughing. Tactic. Sorry, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just keeps happening nerd bomber answered one she actually, she actually said easy one tactic said 14 the correct answer was five so tactic i'm afraid you busted did i though? um well sure because the number's higher is it though technically it's a lower number on the billboard i'm going to continue playing the game by the standard rules that we've been playing with forever and therefore deal you your deal you your latest loss but hey look on the bright side man you may Folks, never write have in if to, you believe this is a incorrect use of the bust rule. You may you may Justice never have to tactic. host a quiz again at this rate. I mean it's it's getting it's turning into something. So I'm at nine and two, uh, nerd bomber at eight and three, tactic at four and seven. So at this point we've all we've all participated in eleven quizzes. Oh, also Ben is a, is one and zero oh, by the way. 
I think he's got a better record than me, honestly. I would I would be remiss if if uh, I did not mention Ben's record. But uh, tactic, we're all hoping that you pick it up out there. I, you know, we end the podcast every week this way, and I, I wish we didn't have to, but I, I don't know what to tell you. Just uh, keep, keep on, keep, keep on, on, keep on, keep on trying. You know, if at first you don't succeed, skydiving might not well, be your at, thing. At the end of the day, the person with the lowest score is gonna have to do a thing. It was locked in. That's true, and right now, that's decisively you. But uh, we're only, but we look, we're only halfway through the year. Rules, so. We're only halfway through the year. There's still a lot of time. I mean, you're only four down from Nerd Bomber at this point. Anything's possible. You only you only need to believe if you wish to achieve. So we're going to leave you there. Pour one out for Tectic. Pour one in to your cup if you've had a long day. Uh, but drink responsibly also. Tell your bartender. Tell, tell, go, go tell your local bartender about the podcast. I don't know how how often bartenders listen to podcasts. They probably aren't allowed to while they're on the job. But everyone needs free time, and they have to use it in some way. So this is what we're recommending. Uh, also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Hit us up on our Twitter handles. That's what we've already mentioned. And uh, keep on having a great week. <laughs>